0: Hey everybody, it's Josh Rutledge, your co-host for Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to support us more, please head over to our website, FearscapePodcast.com. There you can click on store and browse some really awesome t-shirts and maybe pick a couple up or even go to our Patreon page and see how you can support us monthly. We love bringing you awesome content just as much as you like listening to it enjoy the show.
1: The following program is presented for entertainment purposes. WCHQ does not necessarily
0: endorse the ideas presented.
2: Fearscape is a program that explores the legends and lore around many creepy and scary things. Information is researched and presented in an entertainment fashion and is presented based off of what we found. Legends have a way of changing over time. So... Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Fearscape here on 100.9 FM WCHQ, as well as the Destination Nation Network. We are your home for all things spooky and paranormal and weird and creepy, just like my co-host, Josh Rutledge. How's it going, Josh? Hey there,
0: everybody. Doing great.
2: That's right. I'm Stephen Gearhart, your other host. And we are joined uh, today by a really cool guest that we've asked to come on the show and gladly said yes. We have author Kevin Gibson, author of the book Secret Louisville – as well as the liberation of Crystal Hill, also also a writer for Leo Weekly, um, he was, uh, and actually used to be a host here at WCHQ as That's well. Right. You guys might know him. Uh, but yeah, we've got him coming on. We're gonna be getting spooky with Kev Dog over here. That's right. I just made up your new nickname. Uh, <laughs> so we're gonna be getting spooky with him. Uh, but uh, as usual, before we get into that, Josh, how are you? Doing well. Are you? I'm doing quite
0: well, actually. I, I'm a little tired. I've been not sleeping well since I accidentally lit myself on fire a couple of nights ago. <laughs> this is, that,
2: that was some fun stuff for our, our friend list to make fun of you. Right. So it made really, really cool. But anyways, but let's get into some spooky news so we can get this show on the road. So for spooky news this week, this one comes from Coast to Coast AM uh, is where I pulled this one. There's actually been a lot of news coming from Coast to Coast lately. A lot of times they'll even go a few weeks. It'll just be kind of the thing they cover on the show. The last couple of weeks, I mean, I've been pulling stories left and right. But the one that stood out to me is one article that reads, Eerie beam of light appears in Canada. And what this says is that residents of the Canadian city of Edmonton were bewildered on Tuesday evening when an eerie beam of light appeared in the sky and sparked some truly fantastic theories for what had created it. The wondrous sight was reportedly first spotted at around 7 p.m. that night and remained visible for hours. As is often the case with such events, numerous puzzled observers posted photos of the odd illumination on social media and speculated about what it might have been it would seem that the two most popular possibilities offered by amused witnesses were that the beam, of course, was an indication that aliens had arrived, or, failing that, that the illumination was demonic in nature. Oh, of
0: course. Yeah.
2: More serious-minded individuals raised concern that the strange light was coming from a disaster of some kind and proceeded to flood the phone lines of the fire department, who eventually took to Twitter to offer an explanation for what people were seeing in the sky. Fortunately, it turned out that the beam of light was neither alien nor demonic and had much of a less sinister origin. According to the Edmonton Fire Rescue Services Department, the beam of light was coming from a nearby refinery which was burning excess and unusable gases in a process known as flaring. They went on to thank residents for reporting the strange event and assured them that this is not a fire event. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and for those in Edmonton who may have missed all the commotion, the department said that the flaring will continue for the next two days so that they may get a chance to catch a glimpse of the alien beam tonight. And I'm going to show you, too, the pictures here.
3: Okay, I can see why they would be... Yeah, I can a see that. It yeah. doesn't
2: look like flaring, okay? No. I uh-huh. lived near an oil uh, place in Toledo, Shell Oil. Uh, no, no, that never happened. <laughs> uh, we always have the most amazing... Um, from the government you sure that wasn't swamp gas boys (laughs) you sure that wasn't a weather balloon (laughs) yeah that big stream of light looks like it's blowing up the white house that's independence day what's the
0: uh, uh, the movie tremors yeah when the car gets buried you know and its headlights are pointing up and someone's driving by and they see Mm -hmm. the headlights pointing up maybe that's what it was
2: well you know and if that was the case superman should have just spun the world back around and pulled that car right Right. back out of there (laughs) It would have been fine. But yeah, that's what we got. That's our Canadian news, I guess. <laughs> so I would have loved to have seen that. I mean, they already see the northern lights. I wonder if even, you know, I mean, it sounds like they were a little messed up about it, but I feel like they're like, oh, it's yellow, so it's not right. It's not the norm.
0: <clears throat> I mean, I, when I hear beam of light, I think of like white light shining. Yeah. But that was... Well, it's like
2: uh, in Toledo one times, every, every so often we can see the northern lights up there where my family's from. And one night we come out and there's just this red light. I mean, it was the most eerie thing that I've ever seen. And it surrounded us. It was just like this. It wasn't like the city lights hitting the clouds because it was a starry night. It was just this red ominous light that was everywhere all around us and come to find out it was a real rare form of northern lights that's red and uh, sits like that but I had no idea I mean for like an hour we're just like what is this I thought we were dead man like I didn't Mars know- attacks yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know what was happening man so but yeah anyways that's uh, that's spooky news that's what we got this week so let's go ahead and move straight into Creepy Ketchup Creepy Ketchup
1: Creepy Catch
4: up creepy catch up
1: creepy catch up y'all it's creepy
4: all right Josh I have
2: nothing I have nothing this week it was a, a not no pun intended but it was a dead week <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah so I've got something small um,
2: that that well, we knew that so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so the uh, I have a uh, I had a dog that, that passed earlier this mm-hmm. year. And uh, we were like, it was my dog for 13 years, uh, loved him to death. So when he, when he died, there's, there's a local company here in Louisville that we actually found online, oddly enough, not looking for it in Louisville, but it's called Cuddle Clone. And, uh. Oh um, yeah,
2: I've seen those. It yeah. With,
0: like, like pictures of your animal and descriptions of you of your animal, they will make you, uh, basically a, 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 a stuffed animal type mm-hmm. version of your animal. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, it, it looks just like my dog, Eli. I mean, it, the, the Side spot. Sidebar,
2: how much was that? Expensive. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm going to stick with the stop. Don't, <laughs> don't, yeah.
0: don't make purchases when grieving is the, <laughs> is the moral of the story. Um, but uh, so, anyways, we we bought uh, the cuddle clone. It took like eight weeks. They made it and they shipped it to us. So, anyways, we, we just moved um, and uh, finally were able to get the cuddle clone out and, and set it up in the living room. Mm-hmm. And um, since then, I've been seeing uh, animal type uh disturbances around the house. Really? Um so like my story from last week, I said I thought I saw my cat come into the room, but my cat was yeah. laying on the couch next to me. So that was you know it was very small, like a, a dog or a cat type of movement out of this corner of my eye. The other day I was just standing in the living room and my cat's sitting next to me looking out the window and I hear the sound of my dog flop down on the floor. <sighs> So I don't know, you know, I've, I've had I've heard of a lot of different ghost encounters. I've never heard of a ghost animal. Oh, encounter.
2: oh yeah. When I lived on uh, six and uh, six and park, we had uh, what we thought were always ghost cats. I mean, we would sit there and I would sit on the bed and I would feel I would feel the cat come up and sit next to me. And go to pet the cat. There's nothing there. There's an impression in the bed. Or you could feel you'd be standing. You'd feel it rub against your hmm. leg. Cats are sitting in the living room. Yeah. We used to talk all the time that we had a, a house full of rescue dead ghost <laughs> cats.
3: Like, <laughs> well, interestingly, right around the corner here, Hilltop Tavern, the owner yeah. once told me that two different employees late, late, late in the night, they would be standing there talking to somebody and they would reach down and like, because they saw a cat there. And then one of them even said, Where's, why is there a cat in here? And the owner, the owner said, there's no cat in here. What are wow. you talking about? He said, I just, it just walked past me. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I believe it. Those I lo- cats. Maybe, I love Hilltop Tavern, thing. man. Oh, me too. Good good food. Love good the place.
2: tacos. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> 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 but yeah, now I'm going to have to go in for the ghost cats. Um, but yeah, so I, I absolutely believe that. Yeah. I mean, especially if we believe how loyal dogs are. Oh, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it could have attached itself to that, what what was it called? Cuddle clone clone
0: and i've also got his collar and tags on the, on coat of the collar on the collar yeah there you go
2: well so.
3: and one thing when, when uh, i've had two different dogs die over the last 15 20 years and you know you get so used to certain sounds that there there were times that that i would hear the jingle of their collar oh yeah and then you're like wait that can't be Right. but you it's it's so like real yeah we still that you think it's you know that it really happens my
2: wife and i we lost a pet uh, two years ago that was her emotional support for 10 years i mean i only knew him for a year but mm. like i'm telling you there are times we hear his collar and none of the an- all the animals have bandanas not collars, so there is no jingle mm-hmm. and like i'll hear it sometimes hear him come down the stairs like hear that jingle but mm-hmm. she hears it quite frequently
0: so all your animals have bandanas yeah. It's like the cast of Oklahoma. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's cute, <laughs> and the jingling gets annoying. So. How do you uh, know they're coming though? Well, uh, well, Kenobi, we have hardwood floors, so he's like tick 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 yeah. tick, 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 tick tick the cats. No, that yeah. it's, hey cat. <laughs> Even with jingling, they're they're slick. There's <laughs> there's no getting away from that. Uh, but yeah, so that's our um, uh, creepy catch up I reckon. Yep. Um, but, yeah, so let's get into our topic here, which is getting spooky with Mr. Kevin Gibson. Uh, Josh, I'm going to hand over the reins over to you yeah, now. Yeah, sure.
0: So, so Kevin, I, I first found you. We did uh, Great Day Live yeah. uh, back a few, back around the Halloween time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was online looking, or you know, on their website, looking at our recording, and uh, like, Hey, what's this uh, secret Louisville book? And uh, yeah. I saw your name, and I was like, "Oh, wow, you're local. It'd be great to have you on the show." And so I reached out to you, and and you know, uh, weeks later, here we are. So, um, I guess let's just uh, start with, you know how how did you get into uh, to writing, and and more importantly, you know, where did the secret Louisville book come from?
3: Well, the the book actually is is basically a format sort of book. Uh, the the publisher, Reedy Press, is based out of St. Louis. And they come up with book concepts, and then they find writers around the country in, in major metropolitan areas, ah. areas to write a local version. Hmm. And so they basically said, here's the concept, here's the basic format, run with it. So I don't really have to make it like any of the other books if I don't want to. I just kind of kind of find my own way and create a book for them that, that I think will be interesting to the people here. Because obviously I know the market. I've been writing in this market for right. 25 years. Okay, um, So... I just went out and started talking to people and doing some reading, and and, uh, it just uh, put together, you know, like 90 different stories, little different snippets of things that—and it's not all spooky stuff. It's you know, a lot of it's just just, (laughs) here's a here's a weird spot you didn't know about. Here's a weird piece of history you didn't know about. Mm -hmm. Uh, But some of them were haunting-related or spooky things, and. Uh, one of my favorite stories that I do a lot of speaking engagements, talk to groups and in you know, banquets and lunch clubs and things like that. One of my favorites is the witch's tree, which is a lot of people around here have heard of that. A lot that's of that's where I it. lived, Sixth and Park. Oh, right Sixth and out, Park, yeah, right okay. Outside my apartment, wow. mm-hmm. so yeah, so the tree, the story is, goes back to the late 1800s, and there was a coven of witches that would meet at this tree, and the city kind of didn't like it. The neighbors didn't care for it. You know, it was kind of a well-to-do neighborhood. They didn't want the witches hanging around there. So they decided as part of a, a May 5th or some sort of May event kicking off spring or whatever, we're going to, yeah, we're going to cut the tree down and, you know, in memoriam, I don't know why people cut trees down back in those days, but (laughs) they did. Um, and so the witches got mad and said, we're going to put a curse on the city. And 11 months later to the day, uh, this giant electrical storm hit Louisville and did all kinds of damage. And, the legend is, and you can believe it or not, the legend is that a bolt of lightning struck the stump of the old tree, Wow. and a new tree grew. And the the tree that's there now is gnarled and creepy and it
2: is. gross looking.
3: Yeah, <laughs> and you can just drive up to it and, and find it. And but people still leave, you know, little trinkets mm-hmm. and stuff to to kind of appease the witches so that they uh. don't.
2: Well, it was fun for us because I am Wiccan, and so we're, so were my two roommates as well. So we always like, this is so cool. We yeah. live, <laughs> we live where the witch's tree is. Uh, but I mean, I would be mad. I mean, if it happened May fifth, that's right around Beltane, which is a pagan holiday. So yeah, that's, they would be super mad. Yeah,
3: <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I mean, it's I don't mean it's a great story and I, people love to hear that story because most of them have never seen the tree. They don't yeah. know about the tree. Um. So I I can only hope that people after they read the book they go down there and check it out because I took my girlfriend down there and I'm like I'm just going to show you an interesting thing that I'm not going to tell you what it's about yeah. until we get there. And she was just like, "Oh my God, this is so cool! This is so great!" But it really is something to see. It's worth going down there. So sixth, and sixth and Park. Park. Yeah, mm-hmm. which we, is...
2: we could always tell when uh, somebody had done a news story on it or whatever, because all of a sudden for the next week, yeah. a bunch of people be coming and taking pictures and stuff. Yeah. And we had done because I do improv comedy as well. My old improv troupe, we had created the most inaccurate ghost tour in Kentucky, Anna. <laughs> and uh essentially we would get suggestions and we would improvise a ghost tour around central park and things and we would just make up things like it was (laughs) the best we had so much fun and uh and we 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 had already said that it was this haunted tree before we knew about the whole witch tree legend and stuff like that so when we found out we were like oh my gosh (laughs) it's a
3: really cool tree regardless of what why it exists the way it exists, regardless. Mm-hmm. It's really cool looking. Yeah, so, si-
0: Sixth and Park is that old Louisville? Yeah, yeah right, right yeah. at Central okay. Park. Okay. Right yep. on the corner. Yep. Cool. So, the. Um, now, uh, I,
2: got a qu- I, I got a question. I got a question. It's like, because you, know, you said you had like 90 stores or whatever. Now,. Did you get somewhere you were like, "Well, this isn't gonna work." That's the ones oh, I'm always yeah. <laughs> cause yeah. I'm always curious about how many you actually interviewed. Well, <laughs> there's talked about. there's
3: one like there's not far from here. There's a, a house with a, an Olympic sized swimming pool in, in the basement, <laughs> and it's you know it's one of those things where I, I know where it is, but like I, I didn't want to publish this book with the address you know, because of invasion of privacy. And right, I, you know, I right. got to got to the point where I'm like, I, I literally pulled up in front of the house and was going to walk up there and knock on the door, and I thought, nope, I'm just going to let this one go because then I'm invading their privacy by even right. asking. So, but yeah, it's just not far from here. Um, but, the, you know, whoever was there was a was like an Olympic swimmer, and they built they built the house with this pool in the basement. Wow.
0: Uh, yes, I know, uh, like, uh, what is it, Walnut Street Baptist Church? They mm-hmm. have like a bowling alley, I think. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think I remember uh, because I went to middle school at No Middle, which is just down the street next to like Manual High School and Mm U of L and all that kind of stuff. And uh, we took a um, we we used to take field trips to Walnut Street Baptist Church to go bowling. To go bowling.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Bowling for Jesus. Bowling, (laughs) exactly, man. Mmm, bad jokes, bad jokes I got a hundred of them, I got a
0: hundred of them <laughs> <laughs> So the um, uh, well, I was going to say something a while ago about your uh, You know, the tree it, it, Those gnarled looking trees are always really Interesting to me, uh, uh, and, and it seems like It seems like there's always a lot around Cemeteries, and I always wondered If it's something to do with like The energy of the dead or whatever hmm. that, that causes a tree to kind of grow Gnarled like
3: that. Or the, or the chemicals from The embalming uh, yeah, oh, I didn't Could think be that too, that,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or the evil spirits, <laughs> <laughs> or that demonic position. Yeah, <laughs> that's a light, okay?
2: That's um, that you know that that whole little area, the apartments that I lived in, it's like a horseshoe, and so that tree is just the, the first part. Like we used to call them Dr. Seuss trees, the ones that are sitting inside the horseshoe because the flowers would grow along the branches, and 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 it was crazy. It wasn't yeah. like like um. Uh, so they wouldn't grow at
0: like the tips of the branches that would grow. No, up?
2: they would grow on the main branch, like like a like a sleeve. It huh. was always the weirdest thing, and we would call it. We she my my ex called it the Dr. Seuss trees because huh. they're you know all those flowers and they just looks like a sweater. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my my wife actually lived uh, down around that area. Uh, she lived on uh, Saint James Court, oh, um, and I want to say either in or close to the Pink Palace.
2: Nice, Pink so. Palace is up for sale right now. What is it? Yep. It's up there. for sale. There you go,
0: Stephen. Super
2: haunted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: it's on the list. So I'll have to get to that one day.
2: Yeah, we we one day, man. I saw a guy. We were walking by in St James Court, walking by the Conrad Caldwell Mansion. And uh, we saw a guy look kind of like Teddy Roosevelt smoking a big fat cigar and had a pool stick in his hand. And we're like, whoa, that's crazy, you know. And then the next day we're talking to uh, the guy had come out. He was putting a sign up and we were like, oh, man, did you guys have a party last night? You know, blah blah. blah. you know, we saw this guy and they're like, he was like, no, we had no party. But you know that they say that you could see the guy one of and I forget which one it was. And he always played pool and he was always smoking cigars. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I had to look up David Domine's book. And there's a story in there about it. We were just blown away because <laughs> wow. right? we saw this guy in it like a tux just yeah. smoking a cigar with a pool stick in his yeah. hand <laughs>
0: so yeah um that, that is crazy that uh, you would see like i mean I, I, and that's i've never seen seen a ghost i've seen signs of a ghost or stuff that a ghost has done but it's, it's like a bucket list item I,
2: i've been kind of lucky the times that i've seen things i was not alone and so, no. like, I, I there's, be, there's definitely been times, and those are the ones I question. But when, like, me and someone else both saw the same thing,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I, I – That's when happening. you know you're not crazy. Yeah, right, exactly. Will
0: what, what you say the pudding?
2: Yeah, it's pudding because the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. So it's a pudding moment. <laughs> pudding. Like it's a pudding. Yeah. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> when you,
0: so you're going around uh, – getting back to your book real quick. So you're going back, going around and talking to people. Um, I mean, how, how did you get started just – Talk to one person it leads to another person, and so on and so well, forth. Well, I
3: knew one thing I, that I always do with the book, and I'm getting ready to do this for my next book, is I just put a call on social media for oh. anything that I may not know about. And the, the promise is if you give me an idea that I didn't already have and it gets into the book, then your name gets in the book, is it? Oh. You know, on, on okay. the acknowledgements. Nice. So, but so I got a lot of good ideas from that. A lot of it's just stuff that because I tend to gravitate toward weird stuff and you know right. weird history and things like that. And so I just made a list and thought, okay, well, what else? What else can I find that I don't know about? Um, and so that's kind of the process. Is that then you go, then you pick the best ones, then you pick the ones that you go and you aren't sure if it's going to be a good story, and then it turns out it is, and yeah. so uh, you kind of elevate it and. and um, one of the things that i had sort of heard about but didn't really know was confirmed was a place called the sauerkraut cave hmm. in uh Tom Sawyer stinks. park <laughs> well i probably did in today but it's in Tom Sawyer park and you can access it um i don't it's got no trespassing signs around it now i think probably because of my book but <laughs> but there was a there was an insane asylum on the hill there and the cave was underneath it. The, the same column was torn down back in the 80s. But the cave is still there. And so the legend is that they they would ferment sauerkraut in the cave to feed to the residents of the insane asylum, people mm-hmm. who had been locked away and mm-hmm. um, were receiving, quote-unquote, care. Um, you can you can look up old news stories, and there was a lot of controversy of, of abuse and oh, I'm uh, sure. kind of bad bad goings on there. And so... Um, so the rumor always was that the cave was haunted and part of the reason was that there were allegations that I think were never proven that sometimes the residents of the asylum, and I can't remember the name of the asylum right now, um, not Arkham, um, <laughs> <laughs> but would, would you know, have children once in a while. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, they didn't want that. And so they, they would ha- take the women down into the cave to give birth and then they would Kill the mm. infant and then and dispose of it in deep into the cave, and so of course the you know the whole thing is okay. Well, it's haunted and it's cursed right. and it's and so I went down there to take pictures by myself. My girlfriend was with me, but her son was with us, and he was he was feeling ill, and you know, we were walking all over the park trying to find it. And he he finally said, "I've got to sit down," and so I said, "Okay, I'll go find it, and then I'll come back for you guys," which I wish I hadn't done. Now, <laughs> but I walked. You have to walk down. You walk down this kind of this gravel road, and then you walk through the woods down a path and then there's the cave and it's got you know it's got graffiti people teenagers go down there to get oh, high yeah. and yeah. stuff people it's know it's right so but i went and I started taking pictures and and i walked inside the cave and i took about two steps inside the cave and i felt like i heard something splash or drop in the darkness and i felt like suddenly i was being watched oh. mm. <laughs> and i was just like yeah, I think I'm gonna step back out now, and <laughs> yeah. I stepped back out and took a couple more pictures, and then I was just like, I really feel like uncomfortable right now, yeah. and I didn't understand why, and so I turned around and, and I hightailed it out back up that path, and I looked back like three different times because I felt like something was following, something following me, you. and that may have just been my paranoia, I'd been down there by myself, but it was really a really a strange experience, and I went I went and told. My girlfriend, I went and found her. I said, I just had the weirdest feeling down there. And I told her, I described it, and she said, I want to go down there. I said, you're going down there without me if you go down there. (laughs) So she never has gone back. But I went back with a news crew uh, from Wave, and we went in there and then did a story about it. And then, like, the next time I was down there, there was a no... No trespassing sign up mm. by the by the path. So
2: yeah, so I did a quick search. It looks like it was called a number of different things, but originally it was called the Lakeland Asylum, Lakeland Asylum. for the insane, or Central Kentucky Lunatic Asylum, yeah. and then or Central Kentucky Asylum. But the main one was Lakeland, Lakeland Asylum.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, you know, very
2: interesting. Yeah, it said it had uh, room for thirty five hundred people, but was at 4,500 people. (laughs) It was like in its heyday.
0: You can check in anytime you like, but you can (laughs) never leave. leave.
2: (laughs) Amen. So
0: (laughs) the... um, Love to check that Interesting there is that sauerkraut has just a very pugnant smell Mm -hmm. uh, when it's being fermented. Yep. And so, or even
3: I'm, when it's finished fermenting. Well, that's true.
2: Yeah. I, I hate sauerkraut, and I'm German. It's like oh, how? <laughs> how
3: do you know if sauerkraut's gone bad? Does it start to smell good?
2: Yeah. <laughs> also my, it my just smells
0: like cabbage. So, yeah. <laughs> so a couple off top So my wife loves sauerkraut. Um, I I do not love it at all. My grandmother though makes sweet kraut, uh, which is
2: coleslaw. It's called coleslaw. Well, no, actually, <laughs> it, it, it
0: looks it looks like sauerkraut, but it's sweet to the taste. Hmm. Interesting. But uh, what I was going to say is. Because of that pugnant smell from sauerkraut, it could easily hide uh, other smells yep. that may be, oh in the yeah, cave. like yep. yeah, f- decomposing, sure. you know, flesh, flesh. Yeah, for know.
2: sure. I mean, just this article alone. I mean, this was your standard place that had electric shock therapy, yeah. lobotomies, ill treatment, all right. sorts of stuff. Another saying... place
3: you wanted to hang out for long. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah.
2: So uh, you know, we we know we got a lot of that stuff from your book, but. Um, you know we also want to get to know you and so first of all your experience with the paranormal um, besides this book what did, did you have your own experiences or what kind of led you to uh, come into the paranormal yourself it's,
3: my personal experience is limited although I do have a very good story to tell you here in a minute um, but I've just always been interested in it um, I don't I don't even know whether or not I believe in ghosts it's one of those things I'm just I'm just interested. Most you know, of us just, live there, I think. Right. It's just kind of like it's just an interesting you know, I have a friend who who says, you know, what what if what we're seeing are future time travelers coming back we've talked about to, that you as know, well, yeah to visit us in multiple we,
2: dimensions.
3: Right. And and so it could be any or it could just be energy that hung around I've right. heard that theory many times, which seems logical to me. Um but when I when the one you know we've all have our Waverly stories. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. everybody. Has and I them. went there for a for a like a just a pre-dawn tour with a with a group of people, and it was well, one. So we were just walking around. They were showing us the sights, and the sun was just starting to come up, so it was still fairly dark in there. And we went around a, a, a like into one of the hallways, and the, the tour guide said, "Stop." He said, "Okay." He said, "Look down as far as you can see on that far wall." He said, "He said you can see shadow people if you if you really concentrate." And I looked and I stopped and I was like, I don't see anything, I don't see anything. And then finally I realized that it looked like the wall was moving. And I'm like, that can't be. But then I realized it's like, you know, if you if you if you were to sit on the ground in a very crowded street and people were walking past and you would just see limbs, it sort of looked like that, except it was shadows, mm-hmm. just blackness. And so and it was very far away and I'm like, you know, could could just be a trick you know but he said finally he said okay so let's let's proceed quietly and then we got a few more steps down and it went away
2: that uh, see that's yeah. what gets me you know it, it those guys those tour guides like they have to be amazing for them to be able to notice things so quickly yeah. now because it's happened so yeah. much in yeah. a place such haunted as waverly is like for them to just be like, ah, 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 there's the, there's a creeper. Yeah. See him climbing the ceiling. <laughs> like, well, yeah. they're so quick on it now.
0: And it's also that they're not uh, desensitized to it, right? Right. So they have seen it so much. And they're not afraid of it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so, my, I've got my friend had his uh, experience at Waverly. I've. I, I think I know what hallway you're talking about there, and I've. That's where he had his experience mm-hmm. that we did the uh, listener story on the air a few weeks ago, but um, yeah, I've been to Waverly twice. Uh, once w- as the haunted house, uh, and then right. secondly, just on it like a, a tour with like twenty five or thirty people. Yeah, That's and what um, this was yeah, and you know they stop at all the you know the the room where the nurse hung herself right. and all that kind of stuff. The death and, shoot and all yeah, that. Yeah. And, I mean, I mean, it, it, but, yeah, you know and I mean five oh two. But you know and I've I've always heard things, but I've never seen anything. And it it, it really is like a bucket list item now. Though.
2: It's kind of interesting because, well, my bucket list is simply Waverly. I still have never been. Like, when I was a kid, oh, really? I used to try to sneak up there, but I got caught every single time. Uh, but, no, I haven't been yet. And uh, But, anyways, like, uh, it, oh, man, now I forgot what I was going to say because you got me thinking. Um, bucket list. Yeah. I want to go Your to Waverly. Your bucket list is
0: Waverly. Yep. Okay. Oh,
2: well, the one thing that I love about hosting the show out of Louisville Uh, is the amount of people, when they find out that we have a paranormal show, almost everybody does. They have a Waverly story, and I love it because, like, my hometown, Toledo, there's, like, I can't think of the, like, the haunted place in Toledo, right? Though, I mean, if I asked around, I'm sure, and then I'd go, oh, okay, but everybody here's got a story about Waverly. You know, especially people, like, I just, I'm mad at my wife. No offense, Sarah. Um, I just found out that her mom used to be a candy striper there. And I'm like, babe we did four episodes on this thing <laughs> why didn't you tell me i would have interviewed your mom right. <laughs> like. yeah.
0: well time for another episode <laughs> yeah. exactly man what's well, like you know in Louisville? there's two things that everybody asks you is uh, what high school did you go to <laughs> and uh <coughs> and what's your waverly story what's your waverly <laughs> story exactly and
2: yeah and other sports related yeah you care of yeah when i, I first so moved down here that's what i got and I had no idea either. I'm from Ohio, so it was Ohio State and Michigan. And yeah. I was—I just said oh, Ohio State, <laughs> and they were like, "Wrong answer." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to the merits. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, with your book, and it doesn't even have to be the paranormal stuff, but like, it, it, what was the thing that blew your mind the most in Secret Louisville? Like, the thing that you had no idea about, and you were like, "Whoa," <laughs> you know? There were there were.
3: Probably settlements that were here that I never knew about until, you know, I started really looking into that, you know, I always knew about Shipping Port Island, but I didn't realize it was once a, like its own little city. Yeah. You know, and it was you know, up until the, literally up until the early fifties, there were people living on Shippingport Island before, you know, the government took it over. And then, uh, another one is the, the point, you know, you've seen high gold facade there on, on river road at Frankfurt. hmm. And I never—it was just always oh, just some old house, you know. And I remember they moved it at one point, and and I just I never thought much about it. Well, then I started looking into it, and that there was a, you know, where the where the, the botanical gardens is going in, and all that, you know, where along Beargrass Creek. You know, but back then Beargrass Creek ran along the Ohio River to Second Street, and and so there was a settlement there called the Point, and it was wealthy people, many of them who lived in New Orleans and. Came here for the summers because it was more, you know, less hot, hmm. and they had all these big houses, and um, it was it was one of the prominent neighborhoods in Louisville in you know the early days of you know up until about eighteen fifty eighteen sixty, and the, you know so it's and it's the only thing left of it now is the high gold facade because the thirty seven right. flood wiped it out, yep. and then there's one building you know where the the condos are uh, there on River Road that big complex that's that's been there for maybe five or six years. Yep. There is like a little like a brick building behind there and it's got fencing around it. And that is one of that is the last full standing building from the point. Hmm. And it was just someone's house. Um, but you know that that I mean like I've I've seen that building a million times on the High Gold facade a million times and I had no idea that there was, you know, that prominent
0: kind of area there. Did you happen to uh, to cover did you know about the merryware of the house and Harrods uh, Creek? No. So I, I'm, I'm, cause I live in Goshen. And so I'm away in downtown to work every day. I drive over road. That's like my yeah. route. So there's a house in uh, Harrods Creek there uh, called the Meriwether house. And it looks like an old steamboat type yeah. style house. And so I I pulled in there one day and it's got one of those uh, historic Kentucky signs out front. And so I read about it a little bit and then I got online and researched it. And it <clears throat> turns out that um, that is the oldest, um, house in Kentucky uh, to be owned originally owned by African Americans and so that whole area of Harrods Creek was originally an African American settlement and so the Meriwethers, uh had that house built and then they were the first owners of it so it was just a really
3: interesting, interesting yeah. fun fact. I love that. I love that kind of history, especially yeah. local. I just I love the. Well, I've
2: been learning a lot about Portland. I work over yeah. in Portland, and uh, so my um, the guy that owns our business, he's born and raised there. So he's always given us, like, Portland history lessons. Yeah. We're a couple spots down from the museum and stuff. Well, he was talking to me about how I need to go check out Portland Wharf Park, and it's where... Portland used to be, like, the main mm-hmm. where all the to-dos were back when we had all the shipping coming right. down before the dam. And, like, you can go in there and you can still see, like, essentially the roads. Like, they're the, yeah. tr- the trees are separated. Mm. So it's all just walking paths now because it's been overgrown and covered over and stuff. And all the houses, of course, have been removed and business has gone. And, like, and it was essentially... It, it it hung on as long as it could i mean that shipping port island all of those and the great flood got rid of a lot of yep. like things and i spent a lot of time shipping port that's uh, some of the bluest water the ohio've ever seen is down on the other side yeah. where you can walk down it's it's mind blowing yeah, but yeah the crazy that the portland wharf park though it's like god you can just sit and imagine what it was like and they've got little areas to say here's where the the cotton store was here's where this was and you just huh. blown away that well, nothing's just, there now. Yeah. Like it's just a park. It's I mean, amazing. just
0: just walking down uh, Main Street towards the uh, Louisville Science Center, looking at yeah. all those old facades and yeah. everything. The right iron, there. you know, iron yeah. facades, which is yeah. sh-
3: I think we have the largest
0: collection yep. of iron facades in, in America. We do. Yeah. We absolutely do. So That's pretty <laughs> crazy. But um, so I want to jump real quick, switch gears. So you also wrote a fiction book. Yes, uh, it's called the, the Liberation of Crystal Hill. Yep, <clears throat> and was that so? I Always have to ask: Is it, is it fiction based on any fact, or is it just pure? You had a it's, dream and you wrote it down.
3: <laughs> I wrote a short story, um, and this was—I was, I was in, still in college. This was back in the '90s, and it won uh, best short story in the state of Indiana among the you know the Indiana Collegiate Press Association. Cool. And so it was, you know, it was one of the things people said, like, oh, that's a great story, that's great, you know. And so it was a, a first-person narrative story from the point of view of, like, a 12-year-old boy. And it was basically him questioning why, you know, why death happens the way it does, why death seems to be so random when everyone says that God has a plan. Right. And so I decided to write a book around that character. And so what I did was, I found I researched and found different kind of random bizarre deaths and worked weave them into the story, so that this character goes on this journey where he's changed by experiencing this, and you know he's he's grown up growing up in this Protestant conservative town and family, and he's been being told all these things, and he's he's learning on his own that that it's not what it seems, and so the ghost story is that the. The original mayor of the founder of the town, Mayor Jesse Crystal, and of course, uh, Crystal Hill is named after him. Okay, um, was this straight-laced, do-gooding? Everyone worshipped him; thought he was amazing. And this kid does research and finds that this guy had some serious issues and didn't always live up to what Mm. he had. And so the kid ends up being haunted by this this ghost, or so he thinks. And then, so the whole thing kind of culminates in a in a, a sort of a big reckoning. Oh, and so it, the liberation is basically the townspeople are finally set free of these of these uh, these misconceptions they've had of the town, <laughs> and, and <laughs> that <yeah>. never happens. <laughs> so yeah. So <clears throat> but, what's it?
0: The time period it's set.
1: Uh, it's.
3: It's sort of ambiguous. I mean, okay. it's a little town in Indiana that's fictional. Um, I, I've sort of set it up above Floyd's knobs, um, but it's, you know, I, I would probably guess it in the 70s or something, 80s okay. maybe, sure. yeah. Okay. So.
0: <clears throat> so, that's yeah, that's really cool. I mean, I, I've always been um, just intrigued by people who can just, uh, I don't know, invent stories. I mean, it's just... I'm a I I I think I consider myself a pretty good storyteller. Yeah. For other people's stories, but I've I've never I've never really been good at uh, just coming up on my own story. You should take yeah. my improv class at <laughs> <laughs> Improv 502. Fact. Maybe Michael Scott will be there. <laughs>
2: yeah. Exactly. In a week and a half, we're actually doing narrative improv um, about telling stories and huh. stuff. But yeah, it's a, it it's it's interesting to spin a yarn, so to speak. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I
3: used to write a lot of horror fiction, and I just I kind of got away from it just because there's just I couldn't make any headway. Yeah, it's, you know? it's
2: definitely a saturated market. It but, certainly is. But yeah. I love it though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm the reason it's saturated. I read Same. so much, and I get mad because I always tell people, I'm like, you guys know, there's more than Stephen King, right? Yeah. Like, and I love Stephen King, love, love, love Stephen King. But, but I'm like, I was at, um, but if your
3: name is not Stephen King, you're not making any money.
2: You, uh, yeah. Well, unless yeah. you're his son, Joe Hill. Now you're making yeah. money. But uh, I was at Half Price Books the other day, and I go to the horror section. It was literally. All Stephen King books. And there was like a smidge of like some other things.
3: Yeah, I like horror anthologies. Yeah. Because then you get so many different voices and so Mm -hmm. many different ideas and stories. Those are my favorite things to read when I'm looking for fiction. Yeah. Because uh, have you guys ever uh, read uh, Harlan Ellison? (laughs) Sort of a sci-fi. He did a lot of sort of dystopian fiction. Um, He has got a book that has been out of print for a long time, I think, called uh, Death Bird Stories. And that was one of my favorite books of all time just because of just the stories were fantastic. His writing voice really influenced me as a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, you might be able to find one on, you know, eBay or yeah. something, but <laughs> but I've, I've still got my copy and I'm holding tight to it. Nobody gets to borrow it. So don't ask. But uh,
2: yeah, I, I, that's my thing is as I've gotten older, I love finding books from the seventies and back that haven't gotten re-released and things yeah. like that. Um, Uh, Half Price Books is really good about that. And I meant to say it was at Book and Music Exchange, not Half Price Books. Half Price Books has a good horror section. But they also have those old paperbacks like of horror and sci-fi. And I collect a lot of old sci-fi from the 50s and 60s and 70s and, and stuff like that. And it's just... It's it's incredible to read those old voices, mm-hmm. you know, and to hear that. And it's a shame that so many of them have lost because they just became these, you know, pocketbook, yeah. Yeah. you know, whatever, yep. trashy, you know. They read read on the beach, you know, <laughs> like uh, all those romance yeah. novels, same thing. Yep.
0: Unfortunately, my uh, my ADD kicks in, and I'm not very good at reading books, but I do love a lot of uh, audio books. And so, mm-hmm. unfortunately, if if it's not available as an audio book, I'm probably not going to hear. Yeah, it.
2: well, there are a lot of. Uh, uh, nonprofits and stuff that are now finding old books cool. and they're making audiobooks out of oh. them. I'll give you a link to one of yeah. their websites that I, I can't think of it offhand, but you can also volunteer and do the audio for these books. You know, it's not high tech, it's not like there's music playing yeah. and echoes like some doing of them different are. different voices. <laughs> right. You know, it's just people, but they yeah. are. They're reading these old books that have been out of print that no one's really reading anymore. Cool. Um, so that there are audio versions of them. So a lot of them are public domain books, things that have hit the public domain. So we're, they're always adding new ones every year. And huh. it's it's really cool. I've That's actually cool. recorded a couple. Um, and it's really cool because I love like H.P. Lovecraft and stuff like yeah. that. And yeah. so, love it. That's pretty cool.
0: So um, you just finished up a recent book. I can't remember what you told me it was. That the one that just came out was uh,
3: the unique eats and eateries. In L- about in Louisville. Yeah, yep. Okay. Just about local restaurants that I mean, their backstories and you know.
0: Okay.
2: You're kind of a jack of all trades, man. <laughs> I have a lot of interests. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've,
3: uh, I've written. I've written sports. I've written arts criticism. I've written <laughs> news features. I mean, you name it. I've. You know I've done yeah. no I've done i i
2: I get that too as an artist i i like s i write i sing i i do theater i do improv, i do all these different things my dad's like just pick one yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah i I write music as well I write songs there you and, go yeah you know, rock songs
2: but and so there you go, and then I've got two different podcasts on two different subjects and so yeah, yeah it's it's all right, um, but I want to get back to real quick um your uh did you ever ha- besides waverly did you ever have any other experiences ever happened to you, you Said yeah two my, or three. my
3: family is sort of rich with it my my grandmother my late grandmother um would tell us a story when we were kids that was famous and she would ever so often she would tell us and uh she she grew up in greensburg kentucky and they were extremely poor my best they... friends from greensburg really mm-hmm. she Get out. born That's... and
2: raised she's 10 years older than me so she's She's there right now, actually, because well, her dad uh, still lives well, there.
3: My, my grandmother grew up there in the 20s, you know, the, the Depression and mm-hmm. stuff, and uh, they lived literally in a cabin. You know, it was they lived in a cabin, and so uh, she woke up one morning. She was in bed with her mom. Her dad was already out, I guess, in the fields working, mm-hmm. and she said that this woman with a blue dress and black hair was walking around their bedroom. And she was just watching it and she was like seven or eight years old. But she remembered this so vividly and would tell the same story every time. And she said that the woman was just was like she was she said it was like she was in a kitchen fixing you know, hmm. fixing meals or doing something, but there was nothing there but her. Mm-hmm. And she was being attentive to certain things and she said at some point her mom her mom was like sleeping with her Kind of her hand over her head, on the pillow, and this woman walked over and reached over her mom, and of course she was like watching this from. from <laughs> and the woman touched her mom's arm, and her and her mom's arm moved. She moved her arm, you know, like if some if someone touches you when you're asleep, <laughs> right? Recoil, you, right? And so, and so she watched that happen, and then when her mom started to wake up from it the the image of the woman just sank down into the floor and disappeared wow and she told us this story over and over and over where there was one time that I was there and I was about 12 or 13 my mom was there and in this kitchen we were at this kitchen table and so I was on one side and there was the you know old rotary phone hanging on the yep, wall yep. with the long cord cuz my grandma liked to walk around and do yep. dishes <laughs> and my mom was was uh, on, across from me and my grandma was next to to me and she was telling the story. We were talking about the supernatural and do you believe in it and blah, blah, blah. And my mom, all of a sudden, her eyes got real big. And she said, what did you do? And I said, what do you mean? She said, look. And so I turned around and the phone cord was going back and forth. Back <laughs> oh, wow. and she said, did you hit that? I said, no, I was sitting right here. But like, yeah. And I, and I saw it too. I was like, so we all were like, what the hmm. F? Because we were the only three people there. And that thing was like swinging like somebody was had grabbed it and Swing swung it. it back Big yeah. burst
2: of energy, man.
3: So, yeah. So, it was, you know, like, Mamma, I don't want to hear that story anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, around that time in my life, though, I've, I've got a personal experience that uh, no one ever really believed until I got older. And same thing. You tell the same story over and over, and it begins to be believable. Right. You know? <laughs> so, I was around. We lived in Jeffersonville in a little house. Um. I was around probably nine or so. And one, I mean, the middle of the night, I don't know what time it was, I woke up and just was wide awake all of a sudden for no good reason. And so I was like, well, maybe I'll go to the bathroom or maybe. And so I kind of sat up a little bit in bed and I looked and and from my bedroom, I could look kind of through the hallway in a caddy corner, the bathroom, I could see the bathroom Mm -hmm. there. My parents' bedroom was right there too. It was a tiny little, you know, ranch house built in the 60s. And I could see there was a white figure, a child-like, child-sized mm. figure standing in the bathroom. And I was like, I mean, it was just a form. It wasn't, didn't have a face. It just right. was like the form of a child. And I was just like, ugh, you know, what the <laughs> hell? And so this thing floats. It didn't walk. It floated through the hallway and into my room and up next to my bed. And, of course, I was nine. I, I grabbed the covers and pulled them over my <laughs> head. Yep. And I still, that, that. I still do that. I <laughs> still. <laughs> I probably would if I saw this thing today. <laughs> and so after a while, nothing happened, and I pulled him back. It was gone. I was like, oh my gosh, what you know? And I so I sort of set up. I was going to go to the bathroom again, and there it was again in the bathroom mm, twice, man. And nice. so this it actually happened three times, and the third time I just didn't take the covers yeah. back off of my head, and I fell back asleep. And the next morning I told my parents. They were like, yeah, yeah, whatever. What an imagination you right? get. You know. <laughs> I told my grandparents. I told everyone, and then they didn't believe me, and you know, like. I don't know, maybe a year later, same thing. I wake up in the middle of the night. You know, I'm like, oh, what the? And I, and I go to sit up, and there it is again in the bathroom. And I said, nope, not this time. And I just I <laughs> covered up my head and finally fell back to sleep. I didn't even want any part of it. Well, then my parents, we went and they put in an offer on a house in Clarksville. We were getting ready to move. And we knew we were moving, and it was we were in our last weeks in the, the house that I'd grown up in. And I woke up one night, and my dog, Peppy was on the bed by this point he had gotten to the point where he'd like to sleep with me right Mm -hmm. and so i woke up middle of the night don't know what time it was and i looked up and there is this thing and he's and it's this time it's got an arm and it's reached out and it's holding on to the doorknob of my of my bedroom door and about the time that i looked up my dog looked up at it <laughs> <laughs> and I went <coughs> <laughs> <laughs> and that was the last time I saw it but I'm like if Peppy saw it I know yeah. something was there <laughs> yeah. he didn't growl or anything he just looked up at it so maybe he just heard me felt me stir and look I don't yeah. know but he looked at the thing so and that was that's the last time I ever saw we moved out two or three year, weeks later and you know
0: yeah. That's like uh, I tell people all the time, if you want to know if your house is haunted, just get an animal for just a couple couple of days. Yeah, just Just foster a dog. Just get a cat and let it walk around and stare at nothing.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting that you talked about um, in the the story that your grandmother would tell you uh, because we we were talking about how, uh, especially the difference between intelligent and residual hauntings Mm -hmm. and how residual hauntings tend to be reflections you know yeah. mimicry whatever well guess what if it's on the fifth floor of something and that building gets torn down it's then going to exist yeah. in the sky right? right and we talked about that because um we had keith age on here a couple weeks back and he had talked about uh going to the original exorcist house with uh, the Rolando, the the actual boy that they went to they did a whole big thing on it and in that documentary that they, they talk about that that there are people that have climbed trees or whatever and experienced stuff because they're up on the floor where the thing took hmm. place and mm-hmm. so i was thinking about that the whole time when you were like oh it looked like she was doing dishes cuz she was she was right. still doing dishes right. and fixing food in her old kitchen right. right you know or in the asylum it's like how many floors was there are there you know things that yeah. happened up above sour sauerkraut cave you know like right. different stuff like that that's something that's just i never thought about you just always think that they just right go to where the house is right right? Mm -hmm. but it's like some of them don't some of them will stay in the sky and then it makes you wonder if someone's had a heart attack on a plane right and you fly through (laughs) that spot there's a guy that's like (laughs) (laughs) well and
0: and, you know just talking about uh, I thought you were going somewhere else with that so because I was thinking the same thing when you were telling that story about your grandmother Um, if it is a residual then you're right I mean it's you know she's doing dishes and everything but the, the, she walked over and touched um, uh, right. Your mom's uh, arm uh, That seems more Intelligent
2: right yeah right. And, and 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 it's possible though that To her though she still sees everything The way that it is and Whatever was whatever's there. there Or what is there now looks ghostly To her so maybe she was like what is This <laughs> right. right but I mean Even that the sunk down was like Was she walking down a set of stairs right. I mean Yeah who knows? Yeah. I mean, gosh, especially how many of those like log cabins and stuff were built and torn down because they didn't last, or just a right. rainstorm because yeah. it wasn't built great well, back like in the, the
0: day. What's the movie with uh, Nicole Kidman? The Others. The yes, others, The yeah. Others. Were well, like you know they like, yeah they, I don't want to ruin it for anybody who yeah. hasn't seen the movie, but <laughs> but let me just say, watch the movie because it's a really good twist at the end. It is, but a good... it's but it's that kind of thing where you know it's it's that is the ghostly. Um, Thing for for the ghost right Mm -hmm. So Theoretically Theoretically. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Yet to be Proven or disproven
2: here in a few minutes We're going to move into our listener story but I wanted to Give you an opportunity if you had anything else Any other anecdotes or any stories that you wanted To share with us uh, before we get into uh talking about how great you are
3: <laughs> I think i'm spent actually
1: so.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. uh well let 's get in and talking about you, where they can find you and 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 things like that because you know our listener base loves when we have guests on and they love patroning things that they have so
3: okay well, great um books make great christmas gifts i so 'll just put that plug out there but uh no you can you can find me uh kevin dot com that 's my website. Uh go to Amazon and type in in Kevin Gibson author and you'll find my author page and it's got links to all my books. Okay. Um you can find my band on Facebook, the Uncommon House Flies. Yeah. Uh, we have a couple of ghostly tales. Uh we, we did a an interesting uh, murder ballad version of Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. <laughs> which we're very proud of. Do you got um,
2: some of that stuff on um online that we could listen to the music on youtube or anything yeah
3: it's youtube itunes amazon great i would love yeah. to
2: end the show with one of your songs okay I'll great and good. i can
3: i can send you an mp3 if, you, sure. if you'd like either way you want to do it um yeah. but uh, yeah
2: anytime we have a musician i try to <laughs> yeah. i try I'd yeah one of, one, one of the songs is
3: actually kind of a ghost story so i'll send you that great. one it's, yeah, it's please called supermarket that. sushi
2: yeah so make sure to stick so. around after we say goodbye and listen to that song
3: right yeah i would love that um but no and and like just you Follow me on Twitter at, at, uh, at KG Ramone, it's like the band, the Ramones, okay. KG Ramone. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Kevin Gibson, author. Um, so, yeah, and, and please, please interact. I'm always happy to, to interact if someone has a question or wants to talk about it. Very cool. Anything. Very,
2: very cool. And uh, just we had lightly mentioned it, but you used to host a show here on WCHQ as well. We for finally
3: ended that show, Flies on the Wall. Mm-hmm. It was me and one of my bandmates. Uh, we were just kind of spotlighting Louisville music and also kind of acting like idiots. It gave <laughs> us a, a reason once a week for an hour to act like Beavis and Butthead, basically. Uh, yeah, that's
2: what we do. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so, so, yeah, we did our final episode uh, a couple weeks ago.
2: Yeah, we and so a lot of our listeners, um, WC. the cool thing about WCHQ listeners are they love everything oh, yeah. that yeah. we do. And so I'm sure a lot of you guys have heard that. And so it might be a nice surprise <laughs> for you right yeah. now to hear Kevin on here. Um, but very, very cool, man. We're so thankful to have you on here.
3: Well, I appreciate you yeah. inviting me. I'm
2: so one always... thing we didn't ask, we talked a lot about ghosts real quick. I got a follow-up question before we get into the listener story is, um, what's your views on aliens, UFOs? I mean, I, here's the way
3: I feel about it. I've never seen anything that confirms for me that they are there. However, the hubris for (laughs) us to think we're the center of the freaking universe is off the charts. I guarantee you there's something out there that we just can't get to because we're not smart enough yet. And they're probably too smart to come to us.
2: Either
4: (laughs) there or it's
2: flare-ups from the oil company. Yeah. (laughs) I, I
3: just, I cannot sit here and, and say to you that oh no, there's no alien life because we're in the little we're a little tiny pinprick in a galaxy of solar systems. I mean, come on,
0: people. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well you, and then, you don't disbelieve that kind of stuff. It's science. I mean there's just yeah, there's so many uh, planets or, or uh, stars like our sun that will support life exactly. in our galaxy. We just can't get to them. You know, we're in a galaxy cluster which consists of thousands of other galaxies, yeah. and there's thousands of galaxy clusters. So it, it's it's uh, it's asinine to assume that we're the only yeah, intelligent I, life out there.
2: Exactly, we're not I even mean, that smart. Yeah, we're not even. We're not destroying smart. the planet we have. Right. right. Well, and that's the thing. It's like if there's an infinite universe out there, that means there's an infinite. Amount of worlds That's that are right. exactly like right. us. I mean, there. I mean, there's an
3: infinite number of these radio shows. Yes, <laughs> listen to all of them. Does <laughs> Earth exist? <Yeah. laughs>
2: all right. Well, thank you, Kevin, so much Thanks, for us, uh, coming it. on. And uh, you guys get out there, check out his books, man. Like I said, the the two we covered today were Secret Louisville and the Liberation of Crystal Hill. Uh, it, it, check those out, man, because they're pretty awesome. Uh, but I want to get into our listener story. Uh, This one came in, uh, like I said, I've met a lot of great people on the Haunted History of Kentucky. Uh, Alyssa Jaggers reached out to me, and uh, she has a really creepy story. So let's go ahead and hear her story.
4: I have a true story here. I was about six years old. We lived in a beautiful home. And I was about two years old at the time. I shared an upstairs bedroom with my five-year-old sister My older brother was across the hall, and my baby brother and parents were downstairs asleep. One night when I was older, I woke up, and a black figure was standing over my bed with red eyes. I screamed and screamed. Nobody came to my rescue. Somehow I ended up, and I still don't know how, but I ended up standing in the door of my walk-in closet. The year was 1965, and I was in the first grade. The next morning, my mother woke me up for school. I couldn't talk. My voice was gone from all the screaming I did the night before. I tried to tell my mother what I saw and asked why she didn't come, and she said, Oh, what an imagination you have. But it really did happen, and no one heard my screams. I was so glad when we finally moved out of that house. It may have been beautiful, but it was haunted.
2: So big red eyes. Yeah. Big red eyes. And she said she screamed so much that she could barely speak the next morning, yet no one heard her. No one heard her. So it's like, so here's a ghost that's got noise-canceling headphones. Here or later, it's an internal scream. It's... (laughs) <laughs> well yeah I guess so in I mean space no in, one can hear you scream you know, apparently in her bedroom too yeah. um, but no I've, I've been there you know where you think you're screaming like yeah. in your dreams so maybe did you get up but, I, but the thing that gets me was how raw her throat was Well but I
0: mean the uh, mind has uh, control over the body right so you can <clears throat> I mean I've had situations where um, I think that I hurt my leg and I wake up the next morning and my leg is sore Right. So did I hurt my leg or did I just my mind made it true in my in my body? So and
2: and, and even then, it's like the classic line of, oh, what an imagination you have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's like, God, how many kids just the quick dismissal, seen things? And I mean, you think about every horror movie, you're like, it's either the parents don't believe. What the kid is saying, right. or the husband, it's rarely ever the wife, the right. husband is like, you're just, you're stressed from having to be at home with these kids, because obviously <laughs> it's nineteen fifty <1950 laughs> too, right? And it's always something like that, and I'm like, I always said if I had kids, if they said something to me right away, I'd be like, okay, Let's, I believe you, because yeah. the stuff I saw when I was a kid... It still sticks out to me like I'm seeing it today, and luckily my sister was there with me and my brother, and so and I had a pretty accepting family. My dad was rarely uh, against that stuff, but there were times though he was just like, no, no, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. You <laughs> saw well, do, that commercial, yeah. <laughs> do
3: you think that like kids are just more emotionally
2: receptive to it? I, I what I think is that society hasn't squashed them yet right because we do when, improv is the same way when I have to teach them I have to teach them how to use their imagination muscle again yeah. because they've been told it's it's not okay to be silly and goofy and pretend to be a pirate anymore and you know now it's a little different now with cosplay being so big and stuff yeah. But so it's a, usually a lot of the older students that I get but yeah I think they get squashed down and they just think that what they saw was their imagination yeah
0: yeah and, and then the, they um also as you age um as your mind develops you you develop Theories around you—you—you you, you explain away things, whereas a child doesn't have the intelligent factor to be able to explain things away, so
3: or the need to explain it away, right, you know, right. to, well, to, to not look crazy to your friends and family. And thus
2: brings back society. Society yeah. says that none of this stuff is real, right? Uh, you know, and that it's hokey and that it's crazy. And there's still a, a hangover from the the back in the days that it's all craziness, right? That it's that's right. some sort of mental disorder. That if you see any of that stuff, and I hopefully see some of that go away. Um, but anyways, uh, make sure to send in your listener stories to us. We want them. Uh, send them to podcast at gmail.com or find us on any of our social media at fearscapepod, uh, Instagram, Twitter, any of that. And send it to us there. We, we love them. Or uh, hit us up. We'll open up a Google Drive link for you if you want to uh, record your voice. Um, but we got to get out of here. Um, but yeah, go ahead and check out Kevin's website. That was Kevin Is that That's correct? correct yes. Check that out. Uh, make sure to check out, uh, dot com while you still can people while you still can, as well as the destination nation network, which is at destination com slash D N N. So we're going to get out of here. Uh, just a little heads up. Uh, we're going to have Keith age back soon. Yep going to be awesome it's going to be great he's going to be coming in and uh joining us for another special episode very shortly uh so make sure to stay tuned for that and on that we're going to get out of here so uh thank you for tuning in this has been fearscape and this is stefan and i will catch on the flip side
0: this has been josh the truth is out there
2: and once again thank you kevin we'll see you guys later
0: thanks good night
1: Please make an exchange. Oh well, a man in a neighbor with a scraggly beard warned me that this was not good. So I'd like something else, and to shake his hand and to thank him if I. now for six years He said, sir, I don't know know what to say except to tell you this Our story is haunted by the ghost of that man and he died in tepid fish When well, I stood there and stared my mouth open wide I could not believe what he just said But I decided right then I would never eat supermarket sushi again